Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast. Getting into some fun stuff, some different stuff, kind of some of the same as what I've been talking about in the last few episodes, but coming at it from a different angle here. This um, story of root races is really interesting to me, and it's been something that I've been looking into for the last few days, right? And talked about it a little bit, kind of alluded to it in the last like full episode that I put out. You know, obviously we do the um, cunt episodes here. I like to release the Monday Night Master Debaters here as well. And then I kind of do like my own specific solo work, if you want to call it that. And the last full episode, I was I was kind of alluding to this idea of the root races. And this comes from Blavatsky's work, Helena Blavatsky, right? I've, I've talked about her in many different episodes. She's an interesting historical figure. I think that she is crazy. I mean, this is just my opinion. There's a lot of people that really look up to her. There's a lot of um, influence of her work seen throughout different historical figures since she was alive, right? She published this work, The Secret Doctrine, in 1888. And a lot of the thoughts and a lot of her philosophies have been brought from this secret doctrine and utilized from, I mean, Hitler used this stuff. Uh, based a lot of his occult knowledge off of her work and some others. And, um, you know, I, I honestly think the UN and Alice Bailey, I mean, a lot of these people and groups that study esoterica really look into her, and she's highly regarded in these circles. Now, um, in the secret doctrine, one of the many things that she emphasizes is this idea of root races. And the concept of races is is really, really highly important to these people. Uh, really, the development of human history is key um, when you're looking into races. You cannot really understand human history without looking into the racial aspect of it, which is interesting, right? The way that they try and disguise this fact in their minds, I'm not saying that this is all true, but in their minds, the elite's minds, the academia uh, the New World Order, if you want to call them that too. These people put a lot of importance on race, and they're acting like they're not. So it's interesting to me that they do this. Now, according to Blavatsky, there's seven root races of mankind, each with uh, each with a root race containing seven sub-races here. So you've got seven subcategories within these seven categories. We've only seen five so far, but we'll get into that later. This present root race that we're in is this fifth race, and it's the Aryan race. Now, this is obviously going to tie in a lot with what the Nazis talked about, right? Hitler's philosophies and all this stuff. And the fifth, obviously, being preceded by the fourth, which is the Atlantean race. And these Aryans evolved from the fifth sub-race of the Atlanteans. I talked about this in the Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow idea, where the uh, Atlanteans had these seven different groups that came out of it, and again, I don't want to give too much away here just in the intro, but we'll we'll definitely get into all this stuff because there's some um, there's some irony within that. That's kind of uh, just I mean it's it's strange to think uh, 
based off of Hitler's philosophies and what we're told about the way that the guy thought, it is strange to really see, you know, the the Shyamalan twist at the end of it, if you will. Um, now, according to Blavatsky, the Aryan race was born and developed in the far north uh, through their, uh, you know, sinking of the, the continent Atlantis. And, and tribes immigrated further south into Asia, and then the Aryans followed a migratory pattern that went south and west from Asia, ultimately creating this, like, you know, the, the Hindu, the Persian, the Greco-Roman, much later than that, the European cultures. And Hitler, like his party ideologist Alfred Rosenberg, also claimed Aryan origins of all these cultures. Again, the Hindus, the Persians, the Greco-Romans, all this stuff. So, again, there's a lot of plot twists in this, and I, I just find it incredibly fascinating to, to throw back to that uh, time when I was using that word all the time, right? Now now it seems like my word's interesting, right? It's all fascinating and interesting to me. Um, each root race here is seen by Blavatsky as being um, constituted kind of differently in, in a physical and spiritual sense, and in the earliest times... Man was purely spirit. It actually took up to the third root race for these entities to gain physical bodies. In this third root race, you get your sexes or your genders. There was only two. And then apparently we're evolving into something different or potentially reverting back to the, you know, androgynous era because bodies were actually androgynous, supposedly, if you're following this theory, uh, when they were spirits. So, uh, again, a, a, a thought that kind of feeds into modern times here. But then at some point in time, the spirit entered animated physical matter. Uh, not sure exactly when that is. Millions and millions of years ago. And man evolved from that point. And in, in Blavatsky's cosmology, from the ethereal into the material. Okay, So, again, physical, material versus ethereal. And this original spirituality of man can be seen... In the fact, according to Blavatsky, that mankind was once endowed with some psychic powers. And there's all kinds of stories. I'm going to provide some really cool links if you're interested in checking this out further. You can spend months and months and really years, like Blavatsky did, learning about this. It doesn't mean you have to believe it all. But there's some interesting theories thrown around here. Um, she attributed the psychic powers to the so-called uh, cyclopean eye. It sounds like a third eye, right? And there is, believe it or not, a race with three eyes, and um, it seems like we evolved into having two, according to this theory. Man had spiritual sight through this third eye. You could basically, it, seem, it seems, from what I gathered, the normal person would walk around with their two eyes and then actually have a physical eye that would open when they were trying to get in touch with more spiritual aspects. It seems like a comic book kind of shit, right? But so much of conspiracy and some of this stuff really kind of ties in with what comic books are based off of, too. These superpowers, these psychic abilities, all this kind of shit. Um, and, you know, this ability to perceive subtle realities in this spiritual world is is really kind of a cool idea, too. And seeing into the future, reading minds, all this stuff was possible and will be possible again after this Aryan race that we're currently in dies out. Now, again, these are not my thoughts. I'm not adding anything. Uh, when, I'm, when I am adding my own ideas, I'm going to make that very clear throughout this episode because some of this stuff's sensitive to some people, right? Not to me. I don't get offended by anything, but I'm also white and straight. So, you know, you, you can't really offend me. Um, Blavatsky also felt that, uh, you know, as man evolved materially and intellectually, this third eye kind of died off. And I would actually believe that that's very true. I think older cultures, even in the United States here, uh, you know, go back to like the witch trial days and all this shit. And when like hauntings and all this stuff were uh, more believable, it seems. It seems like electricity has a direct effect on like ghost sightings and shit like that. I think when when the dark is lit up by candlelight, it seems like there's something something to be said about paranormal events and things like that. Not to say that that we can't have any paranormal events these days, but it seems like electricity has definitely had some kind of effect on that. And when you look into like how people actually ghost hunt and all this stuff, all that equipment is electronic. So there's something to be said about the idea of, you know, moving forward technologically, materially, intellectually, you know, gaining more science, quote unquote, 
in the uh, you know collective consciousness or whatever you want to call it. Gaining more more logical thought is going to kill your third eye off, right? So it's just kind of interesting. Now, again, Blavatsky thinks that mankind is destined to regain these abilities, and we should be seeing that probably not in our lifetimes, but you know maybe your grandkids, uh, people alive in like uh, three thousand, if we get that far. All that kind of shit, right? So, fun stuff here. I hope that you guys enjoy kind of talking about this. I'm going to go through the seven root races. I'm going to tie them in uh, with, you know, some facts and some things that we see here today. And actually, the whole sixth wave of the fifth race, the sixth wave of the Aryans, we're supposed to see this any day now. I mean, that's what's kind of cool. It, It comes about very, very soon. So again, we'll get into all this stuff here, but really quick, I do want to um, do the housekeeping. I want to give you guys a little intro, kind of tell you what we're going to be talking about here today. Um, and, you know, I always start off by thanking the Patreon subscribers. If you want to support the show and you don't want to hear these ads that play throughout the show, you can go to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. It's three dollars for all the full episodes. You get video content for the new show. Um, you get some, like any, any kind of video content that I want to put up, I put it there. I'm, I'm kind of done with YouTube. Um, haven't really even posted anything on YouTube in months at this point. So if you choose $3 for all that stuff, there are five and $10 tiers. Um, I, I always really, really am grateful for the $10 supporters, obviously, because I mean, it's just, that's uh, I understand that's a decent amount of money to give somebody a month. So I appreciate that very, very much. And, um, I mean, you guys, you guys keep me going in this. It's, it's awesome. It makes it feel like it's all the more worth it to know that that this stuff is, um, is valuable to some of y'all out there. So thanks so much guys. Um, and then uh, obviously the, the new merch store is dope. A lot of people seem to be really happy with what they're getting over there. I couldn't be happier with the uh, little partnership going on with the host site. And that website is dangerousworldpodcast.com. I have the link tree on Instagram. I've got the uh, link tree in the show notes here. If you want to check out any of that stuff, it's as easy as just checking out the link tree and going there. I got a new shirt design that I'm working on, and it's going to be absolutely fucking insanely awesome. So I'm excited to share that with you guys. But in the meantime, there's some really dope designs up there, all made by yours truly, okay? And... um yeah, it's just a fun thing over there. So uh, your your repping of the podcast and your rocking of the merch is very very much appreciated. You'll get some uh, you'll get some conversations started with a couple of these t shirts, right? The government's the virus classic one's still there. All those things are still there, guys. So thanks so much for your support. No matter how you choose to do it, if it's just leaving a five star review, if it's sharing the show with a friend, sending them an episode. All of that is very much appreciated. I want to get that out of the way up front here so we can just start learning more about this shit because I was really, really drawn into this and I'm not typically too into new age ideas. This idea of root races, it's it's going to become more and more well known, I think. And again, these people, Blavatsky and Bailey and all these new agers really influence a lot of thought. Um, there's a few other folks out there, Steiner. Uh, Rudolf Steiner is a is a big one there. There's a couple here. I'm actually scrolling up. Um, so yeah, I mean, Blavatsky's what it's based off of. Alice Bailey's not mentioned in this root race stuff, but you also have this Annie Besant, and she looks like she was a Eastern Star. That's the female version of Freemasons. In this picture, it says she's in regalia of co-masonry, third degree. I'm assuming that co-masonry is the uh, Eastern star, like the co-ed, um, version of, of, you know, college or whatever, but yeah, co-masonry Eastern star. I'm assuming again, I could be wrong there. Third degree. That's kind of weak. You know, I, I don't know if, uh, if that's the highest that, that Eastern star can go, but I'm not too impressed there. This bitch seems like she's just taking the work of Blavatsky and expanding on it. Right. You also have this guy, Charles Webster lead beater, and he is involved pretty heavily in the, you know, kind of additions brought on to the seven root race idea. And then Rudolf Steiner, who is a, a hardcore, uh, by today's standards, he would be an absolute racist piece of shit. But again, a lot of new age thought is based on his work. He was actually around, uh, actually, well, lead beater was around the latest, it seems like, 
but uh, by one year after Annie Besant. But Steiner is kind of one of these guys, born in 1861, dying in 1925. A lot of the foundational thoughts from this whole movement come from Blavatsky, Steiner, and then later Bailey. Bailey's kind of most well-known in modern times um, for like the average Joe person. But if you're really into the esoteric and the occult and all this stuff, Blavatsky's your gal. I mean, people just really look up to this lady in a, in a strange, strange way. Now, I have a quote here from Rudolf Steiner, which I think will kind of sum up what I see in this guy and what I see out of this whole movement and um, just the the idea of putting so much important on race. It doesn't seem to matter, but to these people, it's everything. It really is everything. So Steiner said, one can only understand history and all of social life, including today's social life, if one pays attention to people's racial characteristics And one can only understand all that is spiritual in the correct sense if one first examines how this spiritual element operates within people precisely through the color of their skin. That's a real quote that is not from Hitler. That's from a spiritual guy, right? Rudolf Steiner. Um, Again, a Blavatsky fanboy. He also created this idea of anthroposophy, which I'd never heard of before. A quick definition. It's a spiritualist movement founded in the early 20th century that suggests the existence of an objective, intellectually comprehensible spiritual world accessible to human experience. Followers of anthroposophy aim to engage in spiritual discovery through a mode of thought independent of sensory experience. Don't you love when things are so vague like that and it just makes it seem like uh, we're going to throw some big words in there. Just the word itself, anthroposophy. Uh, you know, it seems like he just like these people just kind of throw like prefixes and suffixes and then they just throw a dart, throw a couple darts and they're like, okay, that's the word. Let's call it that. Let's go with it. It's going to sound cool and it's going to suck people in because people are very gullible in the earliest 20th, early 20th century here. So, um, that's a little bit on him and all these people, you know, believe in the root race theory and their work guides the new agers and the spiritualists with hate disguised as love. Okay, we saw this a lot during the COVID shit. There was a lot of people acting like uh, they were doing this for your own good, but they absolutely seem to hate us. Right. Stay away from your grandma who who knows how long she's going to be alive because God forbid she gets sick and dies, even though she would probably rather see her loved ones than live for another fucking year. Right. I mean, live live for a year alone or or don't don't see your loved ones anymore. It's fucking strange. It's hate disguised as love. That's what the new age is. Now, it seems to me that rather than basing the hate off of someone's looks or their race or their religion, specifically looks, right? Racism stems from this person has different color skin than me and different features. And then it branches off into like, well, they look different and they also believe this. And uh, it's painted with a broad brush. Rather than doing it based off of looks, it's based off of their thoughts and their connection to their own version of spirituality, okay? Now, I say that, but it seems to always go back to looks. It seems to always go back to actual skin color and features, as Steiner mentioned up there. But they're trying to do this more and more covertly now. Um, I kind of, again, talked about that in the Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow episode. And I'm going to really kind of explain this throughout this episode here. And now back to Steiner's own words here, just to kind of wrap it up before we get into some Hitler quotes, because I, I got to lay the the foundation of this before we really kind of can understand how backwards this whole thing is. In Steiner's words here, ever since the Atlantean race began slowly to disappear, the fourth race, remember the Atlanteans, the fifth, the Aryan race, has been the dominant one on Earth. He continues saying, if the blondes and blue-eyed people die out, The human race will become increasingly dense. In the case of fair people, less nourishment is driven into the eyes and hair. It remains instead in the brain and endows it with intelligence. Brown and dark-haired people drive the substances into their eyes and hair that the fair people retain in their brains. They make it seem like this is a choice of the soul, of the spirit, which would be, you know, in their opinions, it seems that um, that these blonde and blue-eyed individuals, the souls of those people, 
seem to have higher intelligence. It's a higher, it's, it's a, a more greatly spiritually educated soul that chose to occupy that, that body and have those features and all that shit. It's not something that you can disprove, but it's something that I think really does stir up hate. And you know, I'm not one of these pacifist types people. Uh, I always see reason for some kind of violence at the end of the day. There's re- I, I'm not one of these people that's going to sit here and say there's never a reason that you should ever kill anyone. I, I'm not a, you know, a, a overly peaceful utopian type person, but I'm realistic. And I think that if this was something that was in the education system, like Hitler wanted it to be, it would be something very damning. It would cause a lot of hatred. And just because someone is born a certain way, that would mean that they are lesser, right? I do believe that this is the end goal. I think that people in the future, if we don't change something, people in the future that are born from conspiracy theorists, the grandkids of someone that said, hey, maybe the U.S. government's bad or the one world government is bad, some far descendant of them would be treated like shit versus somebody that just bent over and let daddy government ram them up the ass, right? This is dangerous stuff here, and it seems like it's coming back Hate disguised as love is what this is, as I mentioned. This is not hate showing itself as hate, as the Third Reich did. The Fourth Reich is going to disguise all of their hateful actions with love and peace and understanding and spirituality. It's just what it is. Now, to kind of expand on the thoughts here before I get into this Hitler quote that is very interesting. This is from a Leipzig Leipzig, um, newspaper. I should know how to pronounce that word. My, My mistake there. Uh, in 1931, he's talking with this newspaper editor in an interview about his beliefs, about like what the blood, the importance of the blood and why he's putting so much emphasis on race and uh, specifically, you know, the, a lot of hatred towards Jews and gypsies and then the later Christians. I mean, it was part of his end goal, that final solution to get rid of the Jews first, all the groups that he really like high, high profile went after. And then later it would be the Christians. It would be anyone that goes against these new age ideas. The new age was around, obviously, during World War II. It started in the 1800s, probably started a lot a lot longer before that as well. But it's dangerous stuff here. Hitler seemed to believe, like Blavatsky, that the blood of a person is, it actually holds the soul within, within the blood there. Um... So there's different blood types. There's all this different shit. Your soul is in your blood. It's not. It's not a, uh, you know, physical or, or I'm sorry, a metaphysical thing. It's it's literally in your blood. There. Maybe this is why a lot of these people feel like you can gain power by drinking blood. Right. We just had March first, the day before. I'm recording this here. March first is a high satanic holiday where there is like it's a blood ritual. It's it's drinking blood to gain spiritual enlightenment on March first, right? That's a huge holiday. It's impossible to find information on this holiday, right? It's uh, supposedly the first and third of every single month is a high satanic holiday, but uh, you know because you get the one and the three, thirteen, and then you have your equinoxes and all this stuff. Is this the reason that? We talk about adrenochrome and we talk about like the idea of like these vampire people that that drink blood and eat people, eat cannibal, like they're they're cannibalizing their own fucking humans, their fellow humans, because I think that they all believe this idea too, that our souls are within our blood and our souls have all been recycled throughout history over and over again. If you're in a body right now, you've been the all the, the different races that have existed. And not, I'm not saying like the, the Hindus and the, uh, you know, black people, white people, Chinese people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying all these different types. I'm not going to get into them yet because that's what we're doing throughout this episode. But with only five being around, you've been Atlantean. You've been Aryan. You're currently Aryan, according to this. But the Aryans are dying out because, in their words, they're mixing blood with other people. There are Aryans out there. They're the blonde-haired, blonde blue-eyed people, and they're diluting and weakening and devolving their blood, in their words, <laughs> by mixing with brown people, black people, all this stuff. Um, also, Jewish people. This is a thing that Blavatsky said as well, and I will actually share that much later. She said some awful things about Semitic people, which is a group of Atlanteans, where the Aryans come from. 
It's it's wild stuff. So, um, this this thing that that Hitler said in this 1931 newspaper in Leipzig, um, it might be Leipzig. I, I don't even know how to speak German at all, but we'll go with Leipzig. That sounds more German. Leipzig. Um, Hitler says this, he says, we do not judge by merely artistic or military standards or even by purely scientific ones. We judge by the spiritual energy, which a people is capable of putting forth, which will enable it in 10 years to recapture what it has lost in a thousand years of warfare. I intend to set up a thousand year Reich and anyone who supports me in battle is a fellow fighter for a unique spiritual I would almost say divine creation. Now, within that speech, he makes the reference to a new world order, um, like so many Western leaders and international leaders in general have, right? And, you know, for not really liking Hitler, a lot of these leaders today, the Bushes, uh, you know, they, they seem to agree with him. Uh, they, they disagree with him publicly, but, you know, they, they philosophically agree with this kind of shit that Hitler is talking about here. Um, so that's, that's a scary thought on its own, but he mentioned spirituality an awful lot. If you read the whole thing, that was just a, a good quote that I found from that. He mentioned spirituality an awful lot, and he brings up the ideas of spiritual energy and a key phrase he uses tied in with the spiritual energy is the basic principle of blood. That's what I was kind of alluding to there. And he, and these people that influenced him believe that the blood of a human contains their very soul. Again, that's that's important to understand here. And he also believed that the Aryans had the most spiritual blood within them and that every good thing on this earth was created by this higher evolved bloodline. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Everything on this earth is created by this highly evolved bloodline of the Aryans. And if or when this bloodline is wiped out, in their words, in Hitler's words, in Blavatsky's words, in their in their writings... Darkness would fall on the earth and humans' presence here on earth would be very short-lived after the Aryans are wiped out. This is why, when I get into this a little more, and I'll, I'll post a picture that I found that's really, really interesting. And it kind of really, I'm a visual learner over here, I don't know about you, but, you know, the, the descent from the top race, the, the first race, going down to the Aryans where we're at now, it's it's a downward trajectory, and then it hooks back up. We haven't seen the the new spiritual beings yet, the sixth and seventh races, but we're basically at, at the at the rock bottom of the spiritual journey that our souls are supposedly going through here. Um, it would make sense that once the the Aryans died out, that we would transfer back into spiritual entities. We would be some bodies without. We would be a consciousness without a body. And you can let your imagination run wild until I give my thoughts on what that is. A consciousness without a body in the modern age, right? What could that be? Well, I'm sure you have some ideas. It makes sense when you when you see it all. So, um, wild stuff. I, I think anytime people are agreeing with this idea, it's not necessarily universally uh, something to be scared of. But I think it's definitely something to ask yourself. Why are these people all getting along? What is the end goal here? And that's what I'm hoping to, to get into today. Now, Blavatsky didn't ever specifically connect the Aryans with a specific race from what I gathered, but she definitely seems to idolize the Aryans to an extent. She does exclude certain groups. Again, the Semites, Semitic people, um, darker people, um, in her words, Bushmen. Okay. She, uh, and, and, you know, she's used other words like Negritos and all this stuff. Really, you know, fucked up things to say. Obviously, it's a different time back then. But she never specifically, from what I saw, says blonde hair, fair skin, blue eyed people. Okay? Again, excluding groups is just as bad as saying that there's one group that's better. I give, uh, you know, I, I give some, some shit to, like, the Jewish people for saying that they're God's chosen people. I think that's just as dangerous as saying that Jews are, are a cancer on society, Right? There's a lot of division in those kinds of different phrases. And, and we're getting into some rocky territory here. So, you know, understand that I'm not, uh, you know, trying to to cause any kind of uh, division here or, or get any, say anything that's going to get me fully canceled. But, you know, this is this is sensitive stuff, but I, I find it incredibly interesting. Um, Blavatsky talks about the, the Aryans and the secret doctrine, the root races, all these, uh, the stages of human evolution 
And there are these. There, there's these different races here. You have the first root race, the astral and etheric race. The second one, which is the Hyperboreans. The third are the Lumerians. Lumerians, maybe. L-U-M-U-R-I-A-N-S. I, I can't really pronounce that very well for some reason. And then the fourth one I already mentioned is the Atlanteans. The fifth being the Aryans. And the sixth, supposedly going to appear in the 28th century. For some reason, they don't know. They haven't come up with a name for these yet. I do uh, give them credit for not just throwing something at the wall and saying that, hey, this is what it is. Um, And then the seventh will appear millions of years into the future. It's hard to contemplate that mankind will be around in a million years, much less millions of years. But maybe, maybe it's not what we understand as humans. Again, this is the soul. The soul's evolution has gone from the astral etheric plane to the Aryan, very physical body to something that we won't even understand in today's time, according to them. Again, I don't know where I stand on this 100%. I do not believe that any um, soul would would pick a body intentionally that would... um, give it a lesser experience, right? Unless it's just a giant experiment and that's part of it. I don't know. This is this is tough stuff to talk about and if you're Christian or if you're you have a Christian mindset like I do, it's gonna it's gonna seem like a lot of like demon shit, right? It's gonna seem very very dark. And that's not my intention here. This is just to try to understand what these people are talking about. Going to hit a quick ad break here couple minutes for you and uh you know if you don't want to hear the ads head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast three dollars otherwise it's not that long we actually a uh, ghost and i got together yesterday and did a patreon exclusive episode getting more into that iceberg the conspiracy iceberg it was super fun so another reason to check it out over there thanks so much for your support and i'll see you on the other side of this ad break with some more of this crazy shit Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, so like I mentioned, getting into the first version of the root races here, number one is the ethereal or the polar race, and each one of these has a element that sort of represents it according to these people, okay? And what represents the ethereal or the polar race is the fire element. It's a 100% spiritual entity. Uh, they did not have any physical remains. They didn't leave any physical remains. They were 100% ethereal. So they were composed of etheric energy and matter, according to the thought process here. Their reproduction was accomplished by them dividing into different smaller ethereal pieces, kind of like how amoebas do, supposedly. And also at the time of the first root race here, the earth was still cooling down. So it's said that the first mountain to rise out of this, all this uh, you know, chaotic stuff is kind of where these people lived. And this is Mount Maru. Mount Maru is actually referenced in several Eastern religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, um, you know, some Japanese religions and things too, which uses, I, I think it's uh, the one that I'm referring to here is Jainism. Um, I hope I'm not butchering that. It's either Jain or uh, Jainism or, or Jainism, J-A-I-N-I-S-M. I'm going to go Jainism. Um, they actually use the swastika symbol. So it's no doubt that... Uh, Hitler was was influenced by this, right? Um, so yeah, there's a, a sacred five peak mountain is is what Mount Maru is, and this is uh, where these ethereal spirits, the first version of human beings, their souls, came from. Um, interesting theory for sure, and uh, you know a hell of a way to start things out here. But in these religions, it's it's kind of considered to be the center point of all the physical, the metaphysical, the spiritual universes, this Mount Maru. Um, it just, it, it doesn't really have a specific location, right? Of course, these kinds of places are enigmatic, right? I mean, you, you never really know where these things are. There's no solid proof of these things. And that I, I doesn't mean that they're not real. We uh, definitely have had a lot of history suppressed from us 
but uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting to think here. Um, there's several different names for this mythical mountain in various Eastern religions. So when you get the idea of the five peaked mountain, it's not necessarily just called Mount Maru, but this is where they come from. Again, the ethereal race, no bodies represented by fire. And then we move on. It's pretty, pretty boring, honestly, the first one, but then you get into the second stage, this hyperborean race, and they're represented by the air element. And this is descending. Remember the, 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 uh, Polar race starts high up uh, in the, you know, astral realm or whatever. The very, very high consciousness, almost godlike, it seems, um, according to them. Again, I, I, I don't know where I stand on this stuff, but you're descending as a, as a race now, as, as a living being, descending from polar fire to hyperborean air. Um, this is, of course, the second root race, and they lived in hyperborea, um, and I'm probably, you know, not saying that right. But, you know, this this includes what's now northern Canada, Greenland, Iceland, all that Scandinavia area, uh, northern Asia, um, it, you know, so high up on the earth, which is kind of interesting that they're coming from the north. It makes you think that maybe this Mount Maru was actually somewhere at the North Pole and, and quite literally, you know, humans and and our souls have moved from the top of the earth down to the bottom. Not to say that, because actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, um, the the uh, theosophists and all these people that follow Blavatsky, they believe that like Australians are some of the worst people, uh, dark skinned people are some of the worst. So in their theory, it would make sense that you start at the North Pole, you're very light skinned, fair skinned, and as you move down through the equator and under it, um, we're, we're less and less spiritual. It's far-fetched to me, but it, it makes sense if you're talking about like north to south and the dissension of the human race uh, in their crazy minds, right? Um, these were golden yellow people at the time, uh, almost like chrome, like chromatic gold, it, looked, it seems like. Um, and the climate was tropical since the earth had not yet developed an axial tilt. So the esoteric name of the second root race's continent is Plaksha, and they called themselves the Kampursas, uh, or I'm sorry, Kimpursas. There's a lot of huge words here. You know I'm going to just fuck these up. So this is kind of how this show goes. Um, this root race reproduced by budding, okay? And today, there's no descendants of the Hyperboreans, okay? Now, if you're looking at that name more literally, I guess it's said to be of the seven lands or seven islands and what we would call today continents, right? Um, the the Kimpershas and and Plaksha really too. I mean, there's some some uh, undertones and some meanings to these words, but if you're talking about it meaning seven lands or islands, again, what we call continents, this is according to the uh, Bhagavata Puranas, and uh, they have these seven islands, seven lands. And uh, it's referred to as a Plaksha Dvipa, and it's actually said to be South America today, and it translates to the land of the fig trees, and that's incredibly interesting alone. You know, I, I like looking into my symbolism and all this stuff, and um, in, in Christianity, some people, the same way that they say that the apple is the forbidden fruit, they'll say that the fig was actually the forbidden fruit. We're kind of misled into believing it's an apple. Uh, Jesus cursed a fig tree because it didn't have any fruit when, uh, when, you know, his people were hungry. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of relevance to the fig in this whole thing. So, um, if you're thinking like Adam and Eve eating this fig tree and possibly according to this stuff, creating a new race by doing so, creating a, a higher level of consciousness, going against what the creator had intended for, for humans and for our souls, um, it's it, it fits in a little bit there. And the timing doesn't seem to line up, honestly, according to the Theosophist, because this is kind of, you know, just... Uh, it's it's tough to really line up when Adam and Eve actually happened. And then, uh, you know, it'd be obviously in the beginning, you'd think, right? Or is this the beginning of the uh, the second stage? Are, are Adam and Eve part of this second phase of humanity? Tough to say. But interesting. And really, I don't even know if you call it humanity. I don't know if, if uh, you know, you can only really call the Aryans humanity because, again, these Hyperboreans, they don't have uh, uh, physical traits at all. They're they're purely 
metaphysical. They're purely spiritual. Um, so, you know, kind of a kind of tough. And, and again, this is just a thought that I had that, that, you know, this having something to do with the fig, it lines up a little bit there. Now, um, like I said, you know, I like symbolism and, uh, you know, the enlightenment and the fig is seen in many religions. Um, these two go hand in hand. I mentioned the Adam and Eve connection, the Jesus, uh, deal too. Um, there's also in Buddhism, you have Buddha sitting under a fig tree for 12 years to gain enlightenment. And in Hinduism, they believe their God Vishnu was born under a fig tree. Okay. Um, so obviously the fig tree is holy to Eastern religions. And I would say, uh, it, it is fairly significant in the Abrahamic religions as well, right? Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. I didn't find anything specific on Islam, um, but I'm sure, you know, you could do, I just, you know, don't have time to be going into all this shit. Uh, incredible stuff though. I think, you know, when you, when you translate what this word means, where they come from, uh, again, the Plaksha, the, the land, the Plaksha, Devipa, land of the fig trees, lots of significant, uh, you know, pointings to fig trees in all kinds of religions. Cool stuff. Uh, that's the kind of shit that, that makes this stuff fun for me. Um, the entities of the Kimpershas had humanoid bodies and horse heads, which is kind of, uh, you know, you get the centaur kind of thing going. Obviously, it's flipped around, but these these entities here, uh, again, spiritual, not having bodies yet. The next race that we get into is the first one that actually had bodies. Um, but thinking of some spirits with uh, with humanoid bodies and horse heads is scary. It's, it's fucking terrifying. You know, if you're thinking about this stuff, it, it just seems like, you know, half man, half uh, beast, if you will. And uh, yeah, just, just wild stuff. Um, again, gold skin on these, on these things. And um, yeah, I don't know, kind of strange. These beings actually served the Hindu God of wealth, according to the theory here too. This is Kibura. And I don't know, why that would be if they're spiritual beings if they have no need for any material things why serve the god of wealth this is where some of this stuff where some of it gets a little rocky for me where i'm like you know some some shit fits in really nicely some of it doesn't uh, take a sip of my coffee here but uh you know moving on to the third the lemurian race i'm going to spend a lot of time on the arians uh because this is where we are now supposedly again so Kind of trying to blow through these because I want to get to the Aryans, the good stuff here. The third race, the Lumerian race, again, descending more, is represented by the water element. So you've got fire moving into water in, in a downward motion. And then, uh, oh, I'm sorry, fire moving into air, moving into water. I might have butchered that. Um, but yes, this third root race was the first race with physical bodies. And they were described as a black race of three-eyed giants who inhabited the last continent of Lemuria. Um, never heard of this. This is something that, you know, people that look back into the past a lot, uh, far back into the past. This is kind of like where they would shine on this. I like the idea of the three, three-eyed giants. And um, it is interesting that they actually acknowledge here that, that these may have been black-skinned beings. Because that's a big no-no for these people. Uh, they believe that a lot of this seems to come from fair-skinned, light-haired, blue-eyed people. So it is interesting. It makes you think that maybe there is something to this, just slightly. When they start making it seem like, well, yeah, there's this race of, of dark-skinned. I mean, giants is very believable. It, I believe that there were giants at some point. Um, massively tall people, like mountain-sized people. And... uh Maybe somehow our, our earth shrank or something. And, and this is why, you know, we wouldn't have, if, if you had, <laughs> if you had the population of earth today or even half that, and these people are, you know, a hundred feet tall, that's not going to work too well. Right. So I, I like the idea of giants, the three eyed thing. Again, I referenced that earlier. It's almost like these two eyes are open during the day. That third eye is closed. It is, it is a physical eye though. And then when you go to sleep, that third eye can open. And that's a terrifying image to walk in on a giant that is supposedly sleeping with one eye open like that. Uh, nightmare shit right there. And there's thoughts that they were tall, blonde hair, blue-eyed people too. 
Um, but I lean, like I said, towards this three-eyed uh, black giant situation. It's just uh, makes me feel like I'm being inclusive here with, with the uh, past, right? Now, it's believed that, uh, that this continent existed where the Indian and Pacific Oceans now are. And modern theosophists identify Lumeria with the actual ancient supercontinent of Gondwana. Gondwana, there's a lot of information on this. If you go to like Wikipedia, even you can go anywhere and find a lot of information on Gondwana, um, spelled exactly how it sounds. And this was basically South America, Antarctica, Australia, India, a few other land masses all mashed together. There's some rivers uh, kind of along the areas where this broke up into all these separate continents and countries. And uh, all these things are together. Uh, it, it's one giant landmass. Again, Gondwana. And uh, the, the mass began breaking up about 180 million years ago. So with that timeline, you would assume that these Lemurians were alive that long ago as well. Okay. Um, if they're coming from this area, obviously they're around before the breaking up of Gondwana. But um, mainstream philosophy says that, that these people lived 34 million years ago. So that doesn't quite line up. But at the same time, they, their spirit could have came from here. And then they could have gone, you know, to other places, living in India, living in South America, even Antarctica, right? Um, after this place broke up. So interesting stuff, at the very least. And um, the 34 million year ago thing would have made them live alongside dinosaurs, if you believe in dinosaurs. Now, the government and, you know, the Smithsonian's done a lot to make the existence of dinosaurs very, very false in a lot of people's minds. For the sake of this, follow me along here. You don't have to believe in dinosaurs. You don't have to believe in anything that I'm saying here. This is literally a religion. This isn't. This isn't. Uh, you know, factual shit here necessarily. But this is the religion that our elites follow. It seems, and they're not very vocal about it. This is, they're quiet about this stuff because it doesn't seem like they want people to know exactly what they believe. So, with that being said, there is a serious theory that these Lemurians lived alongside monsters. These could be the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs could be something completely different than what we're told they are. They could be demons. They could be what we would call reptilians, right? Um, so, again, just go along with me here. Um, I mentioned that there's sub-races of all these things, too. And each each one of these races happens to have seven sub-races. They're, they're interesting names, like... Mozamu, Muzamu, all these things. We're talking later here. Um, I didn't want to go through all those sub-races. It would take hours to like dissect each one of these. I'm giving you the broad overview of all this stuff. And then another cool thing about these Lemurians is that it's said that they, the remaining ancestors of these people may have migrated underneath Mount Shasta, right? And that's in California, I believe. Um, really, really interesting place, Mount Shasta. And, you know, there's ideas of an underground society. If there is, they are descendants of the Lemurians, which is that third race represented by water. So in theory, if you're talking about this stuff and you're, you're diving into the symbolism and all that shit, they would actually be able to live on a water planet quite easily if, if this is the case. So, uh, you know, more more mythology there and stuff. But who really knows what, what the deal is? And if we're talking about where they may live now, uh, I'd be kind of doing you a disservice if I didn't mention where they potentially came from. And the theory is uh, that they come from space, of course, right? They come from Sirius, Alpha Centauria, um, Pleiades, if I'm not fucking that up, and some other planets out there. Uh, say what you want about space. Who the fuck knows? If space is real, I, I, I do believe that there are other areas outside of ours here. Um, I think that that's pretty easy to believe. But uh, again, you know, this is a religion. You don't have to take this serious. It's it's meant to just learn. So um, yeah, coming from space, living underground. And maybe space and underground are very similar. Maybe it's all liquid. Now, this third race of our souls was said to have had supernatural powers, infinite knowledge, and then they live for hundreds of years as well. It would make sense if they have these uh, superpowers, and it would also make sense according to Christianity when, you know, we look back and we see that 
so and so Noah or whoever I, I I'm just throwing a name out there lived for hundreds of years and you're like well how the fuck did he do that because you know there was no medicine there was no modern technology and you know the the brainwashing takes over where we have the longest lifespans of humanity today this fits in with that right um, so again another puzzle piece that kind of slides right in there. And it makes sense if you're following these theories uh, that these beings would be quite intelligent compared to us today because it seems that, from what I've gathered, since the ethereal polar race, these beings have been, again, descending in intelligence and consciousness and spirituality and all this stuff. It's not until the sixth race coming in the 28th century or so, or or actually, you know, yeah, right around there is the 28th century uh, when the sixth race is supposed to pop up where our consciousness as a whole will continue to ascend. So we're basically smack dab in the bottom of where our souls are in in their, you know, um, galactic travel or whatever you want to call this shit, right? You use a lot of kind of uh, spiritual terminology, which I'm not good with, right? I Because I, I don't follow this shit. I don't believe in it. But um, if you're if you're following me on this, we started off very high, very close and connected to our creator, and we have drifted away over millions of years, and we're literally at the bottom. Um, I don't even know if the Aryans, as we're called, would start to ascend at any point um, until we get to whatever the sixth race would be. But again, I'll post this picture. I'll probably actually use it as the cover art for this uh, for this show. Um, if you use Spotify or whatever, you'll see... Um, and then I'll, I'll share the picture some other way too. But it, it's really cool just seeing how the how the different races supposedly drop down to Earth, touch down here on the surface, and then the question mark uh, sixth and seventh races start ascending again. We'll never get back, according to this, we'll never get back fully to where we were um, while our souls are on this journey. But still, um, a, a cool idea, obviously. I feel like I've said that a lot here. Um but it's it's at the very least, it's just something to, to look into. Now, the last thing I want to say about these guys is that they had subsets, um, as all these have sub-races, seven each. There's one called the Capoid race and the Congoid race. And then you also have the Dravidians and the Australoid race. The Australoid race is like a, you would assume kind of where Australia was named and things like that. Um, and those terms are considered racist, I guess. I, I, I didn't really know. I've never heard of these at all. Um, whenever you hear like Lloyd and Noid, um, you think like Mongoloid. So maybe it's something kind of, uh, you know, maybe not so racist, but like, you know, degrading in some way. I didn't know that. So excuse my casual racism. I I don't think anyone's going to be offended by that because I don't know if anyone's ever heard of those words either, but I'm sure there's some asshole out there that might want to leave a one-star review because I use those. I, I Again, I don't know what the fuck those mean. But again, Capoid, Congoid, uh, Dravidian, and Australoid are, are, are supposedly what they refer to these subsets as. And these would be lesser men, These would, uh, according to their, their uh, version of this whole story. So moving on to the Atlantean one, this is where we start getting interesting, in my humble opinion here. You've got some really cool stuff. And I mentioned the Atlanteans in... That Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow episode that I did, which I actually really enjoyed that. I want to go back through that book and read the whole thing and do a deeper dive into that for you guys. It fits right in with what I like to research. I wanted to research this because I felt like it was important to get this side of the story. But I I tend to agree a lot more that these ideas are harmful. Uh, Maybe that makes me brainwashed. Maybe it makes me dogmatic. I don't know. I don't think so, but that's kind of part of it, right? You don't really feel like you're, you're brainwashed when you're brainwashed. So anyway, these Atlanteans are represented by the earth element. So fire, then air, then water, and finally we're at earth. And what's next? There's only four elements, right? Uh, if you've seen the fifth element, there is in fact a fifth element and we're going to get into it with the Aryans, which is fun. Um, but yeah, so the, the Atlanteans with the earth element appearing 4.5 million years ago in Africa, okay? Now, when they say that that's like the cradle of civilization, that's where society was started, I think that they're just going back as far as the Atlanteans. I really don't think that they're going any farther back. Most of our recorded history is from the Aryan period, right? 
Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not a hundred percent clear to me. And again, just kind of going over the basics here, 4.5 million years ago, we're not told that there were humans around back then, but these were in fact pretty damn close to what we would recognize as, as humans. And they, they look different obviously, but they, uh, were supposedly very close to being the perfect man. They walked, uh, erected, not with boners. They just walked like on, you know, on two, two legs, uh, bipedal, I think is the scientific term for that. Uh, seemingly kind of like leaning forward, I guess, when you see depictions of them. And their skin was a deep red. Um, almost seems like Native American or something. I don't think it was literally like bright red, but uh, like a deep kind of uh, red tone brown skin. And these beings did not know any human religion, but they worshiped God in spirit. This is kind of what a lot of us believe in, right? It's, it's not, uh, you, you, the church is within yourself. You don't have to go to a physical building and donate money to God for whatever reason. You can just do this stuff, and I don't think God needs money for any reason. But then again, maybe I'm wrong because that second race up there worked for the Hindu goddess of, or the Hindu god of wealth, right? So I don't know. Maybe there's some reason that that all this stuff is there, but uh, I like the idea of worshiping God in spirit much more. Um, these Atlanteans are very knowledgeable. Uh, when it comes to like chemistry, um, not the chemistry that we would know, but more uh, alchemy, it seems. And then they knew about black magic. I don't know how often they would use it, but it seems like they they were very knowledgeable about it. Maybe uh, they would mostly combat it. I don't know where the black magic would be coming from if it wasn't from them, because the Atlanteans are supposedly ruling the world at this point. But nonetheless, um they divided their daily living into two stages, being these hyper-spiritual uh, beings, almost perfect men. Two stages during their day. During the actual working hours during the day, their material life uh, would, would kind of overtake everything. And then during the night when they'd sleep, they would leave their bodies, their physical bodies, and they'd enter the astral world. They'd astral project, and they listen to the great master's voices and teachings, seems like these were their gods. These were the people uh, or the, the spirits or the entities that guided them. And rather than just sleeping and dreaming, they would actively go to like a class while they were asleep, right? So it's almost like you're working while you're asleep. You're, you're working towards better things. You're working towards your goals. And then during the day, you're eating and you're feeding your body. Uh, you're, you're interacting with loved ones and whatever. It seems great. It seems like an awesome thing. If you could turn, uh, sleep into a productive thing rather than it's, you know, sleep seems like a waste of time if it wasn't a hundred percent necessary for life, right? You're just kind of sitting a third of your life, basically unconscious. Maybe you have some cool dreams every now and then, but for the most part, uh, us humans today, we don't do anything while we're sleeping, literally. That's kind of the whole point. But with the Atlanteans, it seems like they did the most when they were asleep. And that's a really cool concept. Um, the Atlanteans eventually lose this ability to just like astral project easily. Supposedly, like every single one could do it. You hear people that say that they astral project today, and you almost don't believe them because it's such a foreign concept to many of us, myself included. But over time, they lose this as the Aryans emerge from these Semites. And then these Akkadians also. I'll get into these different groups. And um, as I mentioned in that Hidden Dangers uh, of the Rainbow book, the Aryans were like these superhumans of the Atlantean era. Okay? The Aryans come from a specific group here, and I'll get into that, but I want to list these for you again. Uh, I mentioned all these groups, the subraces. And I think this is where the subraces actually get important. And I actually think that they're the most important under the uh, the Atlanteans and then the Aryans. I'll get into the Aryans as well. You've heard of a lot of the the sub-races of the Atlanteans up until the fifth one because the sixth has not appeared yet. But again, that's where it gets real fucking interesting to me. So with the uh, seven subsets, you have the Remoral. And I'm going to butcher all this. Well, as always, guys, thanks so much for tuning in once again. And if you want to get the full version of this episode and many, many more, head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. Ghost and I actually got together yesterday and did a bonus episode just for patrons. So thanks so much, guys. Head over there if you care to support the show. And I hope to see you there.
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.